Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us. This segment is brought to you by Buxton. Check them out. Their website's buxtonco.com, and what you'll find there is incredible analytics using mobile phone traffic. You've got to see this. Go to buxtonco.com. Well, today we have another very interesting show for you. You know, one of the things that people seem to be struggling with is getting back to the office. You know, a lot of our uh, office buildings, the tenants are kind of half using the spaces they're leasing. Uh, we're seeing a slowdown of, of absorption and an increase in subly space in, in most markets. Uh, also, a lot of people have been talking about the, the mental health issues of people uh, working from home and not having that office environment. Uh, also talking about you know health and wellness, you know, after going through COVID, it seems like we're all more conscious of, of health and, and germs and healthy environments. And you know, I've said before that I think if anything good comes out of COVID, it's hopefully it's a healthier built environment, a healthier office environment, uh, number one in my mind, because we tend to spend a lot of times uh, at our offices and, and wherever we work. Well, I have a treat for you. My guest is Dr. Matt Trowbridge. He's Chief Medical Officer with the International Well Building Institute. He's also an Associate Professor at the University of Virginia School of Medicine. Dr. Trowbridge, thank you for joining us, sir. Oh, it's a real pleasure. Thank you so much. And I guess my first question has to be, you know, you're a physician, so why do you spend so much time uh, dealing with the built environment? Absolutely. Uh, it's a question I get asked all the time. Um, and I, I certainly understand why, but you know, my, my kind of short answer, but it's, it's a, it's a real one is the data brought me here. Um, you know, as a physician, obviously my personal mission every morning is to wake up and think about, you know, how can I make the most people healthy as possible? Um, at an individual level, but also at a at a population scale, and um, and the reality is I'm not alone there. Obviously, uh, public health agencies around the world ask those same questions, like where should we put our resources and so forth. And it turns out actually when when we uh, and I use the royal we in terms of uh, all of public health um, think about what actually drives health outcomes, i.e our quality of life, uh, our life expectancy. It turns out uh, that only about 20% of our health outcomes are determined by variant in the quality of our medical care. So uh, it's a little sobering for me to realize that uh, all the energy I, my physician colleagues and I put into in our healthcare jobs, uh, really only about 20%. So where's the rest of it? Uh, that's where what uh, the big research finding of the last 40, 50 years in public health has been that actually the things that really, that we can modify that drive our health, most of them fall into what we call the social and environmental determinants of health. So it's the, um, all the, the conditions in which we live our lives, um, many of which we can't um, immediately impact, uh, but some of them we can. And for example, the physical environment that we live in, um, the, the research is really overwhelming that not surprisingly, if you are trying to encourage people to walk more, to eat more healthily, uh, to have stronger connections to their communities, well, turns out the way we build places um, makes a huge difference in terms of the 
um, availability of safe places to walk uh, and so forth. And that extends all the way into our indoor environments as well. So uh, I think so there's the answer. It's basically um, the data really have shown us that we've got to get outside of the clinical spaces to help people's health and that certain things, particularly the built environment, um, there's a very limited number of things that have a big impact, but that you can also change. And the built environment is, uh, that's one of its really unique features is that, you know, it's hard to change the real estate uh, built environment writ large uh, at a global scale, but we can do it. And uh, that's why I'm thrilled, obviously, I've been working on that as a researcher for a long time, but it's why I'm thrilled to have this uh, opportunity to be the chief medical officer uh, and the executive record for what we call the Investing for Health Initiative uh, at the International Well Building Institute, because uh, in this new seat I have, uh, we have a, a chance to work with your audience member uh, members to uh, maybe take a shot at making healthy places at scale. Appreciate you being on the show because I think it's such an <laughs> important, important thing to, to think about today. And I think we're all more conscious of it, right? Because of just exactly. gone through uh, COVID. And, and then a lot of uh, business leaders are looking for ways to, to get their folks back in the office. And a lot of mm -hmm. office building owners are trying to do the same. You know, and, you know, I guess the first thing to touch on is, is your thoughts on what are the benefits to the individual employees uh, to get them together in a healthy environment, office environment again? Sure. Well, the you're right. Like the behavior that I think we all want is to um, is to have uh, environments that are exciting to go to, you know, the, the places where, you know, the, the physical space itself kind of just helps you do your best work. Um, that they're designed to foster uh, collaboration, that they have really intentional thinking features, policies related to diversity and inclusion, um, you know, making sure that they don't just have an aesthetic that works for just one person, but that they, that they really think about, you know, how do we make a really welcoming space? Um, and then uh, the whole host of kind of more, you know, tangible things like making sure your air quality, your water quality is, is, is really high, high levels for like kind of those direct health impacts. And then I also think that, um, so those things are just shown to be incredibly important to our actual health. And then I also think there's a really cool opportunity um, for businesses to use their spaces to kind of signal the how intentional they are about caring for their employees, caring about their community impact. So I think um, there's a real opportunity to use our buildings and, and how we can to manifest uh, your company's brand um, and um, and for your for your audience to kind of be part of helping your tenants um, uh, kind of tell a, a strong story, um, both in things like employee retention and satisfaction, but also increasingly, as we can probably address later in our conversation, uh, even things like being part of their ESG story and so forth. So I think it's an exciting time. Yeah, it is. Dr. Trowbridge, give us your thoughts on the mental health aspect of this, because it seems like the kind of the lack of belonging to to something bigger and and, and also we keep hearing more and more about mental health issues with this kind of work from home. What are your thoughts there? Absolutely. You know, mental health traditionally in public health has always had a hard time uh, gaining, I think, the resources and focus that it deserves. Um, it really was only very recently that as we started to switch, not just from a pure health perspective, but actually these, these terms we throw around like kind of flippantly are actually 
highly technical. So the word well-being in public health is actually quite distinct from wellness. Let me explain. So your health, for example, when I speak to it, um, that is something you can kind of objectively talk about. You know, so we are all with because of our genetics, born with some degree of of just you know our health. That uh, then well-being is different. When we talk about that in public health, what we're really talking about is the idea that we believe that every individual has the opportunity or has the right to, tr to expect to be able to live to their fullest potential. That's their well-being. And I think, so as we started to realize that, that we're such social creatures, um, yeah, health, mental health has started to emerge and get more resources behind it. Then, of course, we had this collective experience of what it means to be isolated from one another. And I think all of us individually, um, through our families, and of course, through our workspaces and, and work colleagues saw the impact of that and how it's also differential depending on your uh, situation. Um, if we're blunt um, groups, people like myself, uh, more at an executive level, um, or I have, you know, I have a, a home with space, um, actually I can, you know, working from home, I was able to adapt to, but some of our younger employees, people just getting started who need to make connections, uh, as that kind of essential networking kind of learn on the job function, you know, not coming into the office has real, uh, implications. And so I think, um, I think there's a real need to recognize how, you know, we need these gathering moments in our lives. And of course, work is a huge part of that. And Dr. Trowbridge, give us some ideas if we own office buildings or we manage them um, or we have, uh, we're leaders of a big company, you know, what could we do to help get folks back in the office and help give them that environment that fosters this kind of well-being? Well, absolutely. As I kind of said, I, I really enjoyed listening to some of your previous episodes where you talked a lot about kind of these you know emerging opportunities and let's face it challenges of that return to office moment um, I genuinely believe that the one thing that is important to do is obviously look for any opportunity you have uh, to send a clear like really concise strong signal that you are investing in your employees and again I, I do believe that your space uh, does offer uh, an opportunity for a, to make that very tangible. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, you, I do work for a, for the International Well Building Institute and I joined it for a reason. Um, I think what I like about the well standard uh, is that it combines, it gives you a holistic set of features and a framework for not just doing like checkbox kind of um, one-off features, which are important, but it also encourages and 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 actually demands a, a focus on things like uh, what policies are in place um, and um, kind of what the commitments are from the employer. And so, you know, the goal is to have things like a well seal really mean um, be a really clear market signal internally about your the culture that you're investing in and uh, externally, obviously, to the community and hopefully to investors as well. Yeah, so, I, yeah, go ahead. No, that's it. I mean, so that's the big that's the that's my my, you know, my softball response, of course. Uh, but we can go deeper into a lot of some of the things I find really interesting. 
Yeah, and if you will, I'd like to talk about the uh, briefly the ten concepts of the well building mm -hmm. standard because I, when I first heard about them and started exploring them, I got pretty excited. And I think one of the things was was healthy food, right? Uh, yeah. And uh, and 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 I was asking someone on on your team, uh, what do we, how do you get uh, you know get your folks to want to eat and drink healthy food and drinks? And and somebody from your team said, Michael. If you're paying for it, you're giving to them for free, they'll eat and drink whatever you give them. <laughs> so give them something healthy, right? Tell us about the, about the 10 uh, concepts, if you will. So absolutely. So yeah, well, um, as I said, is organized into 10 concepts. Um, real quickly, I'll run through them. So things like, you know, that you might expect air, water, uh, light movement, uh, but and thermal comfort, things that we're kind of used to thinking about. But as you said, it also includes interesting ones like nourishment, um, a, folk, a really particular focus on acoustics and sound, uh, what materials you're using. But then it stretches into uh, some, some of my favorite concepts actually relate to things like mind and community, you know, where it really overtly and, and th the important thing to note is like this is the way it was organized, you know, from years back. Um, so it's always been that way. But uh, but when you think about it now in these days as we're taking on, um, you know, maybe pre-COVID when we weren't as used to the return to office challenge, mind and community, they may not have felt like as urgent an issue, whereas we're actually finding some of our uh, clients and people we work with uh, through the well journey um, those might end up being some of their most important um, necessities right now. Um, specific to your nourishment question, yeah, it's, um, you know, the reality is some of my favorite uh, research out there that kind of isn't overtly a built environment, but it has a really nice application in our space, like related to healthy eating, uh, is the field of behavioral economics, as it's called. And, you know, I'll, I'll summarize it uh, really quickly, but basically the concept is that you know, if you take something like how you present food in a lunch line, um, the reality is the order in which you present things uh, really makes a difference in terms of what we pick. So it's like, you know, there's these, these free things in terms of like, if you really want to be part of promoting, you know, healthier food or healthier serve, you, know, uh, you, know, you know, kind of meals, literally like what you choose to present up front can make a huge difference in terms of um, you know what your employees uh, pick. You're not telling them what to pick, but it turns out, unfortunately, humans are maybe a little more simple than we like to admit. <laughs> and uh, we can be, uh, we're gonna make a choice. So if you think about it, as they call it, um, what the defaults are, uh, you can actually have a huge influence. So <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, I mean, one example. Yeah. If I'm going through the chow line and the cheesecake is the first thing and then I've got exactly. room on my plate, right? Exactly. And, and office is one thing, you know, that has really interesting manifestations that maybe feels a little less like, you know, strange uh, or out of place. If you think about things like schools uh, or other space types, uh, which well can be employed. Yeah. Dr. Trowbridge, what are some ideas for office building owners and managers of things that they could do, maybe related to the well building standard that could, uh, um, you know, help operations, help these tenants get get their folks back in, and and be successful? Well, sure. I mean, you know, it it is really it's a scary time. Let's just be blunt, because no one has a crystal ball. It, but I do think that you know, again, I've I really enjoyed some of your previous episodes, you know, episodes talking about you know the.
the data of what we're seeing. Um, you know, and, and as Doug Ressler, I believe his name was from Commercial Edge, pointed out, you know, the reality is that uh, the job market, you know, particularly among those kind of really desirable young employees, is actually pretty strong. They're they're mobile. You know, it's not so much that they're retiring, but they 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 know they have a choice, right? And um, so. I mean, to me, it's basically like, you know, again, I keep hammering on it, but sending a really strong signal that you're you make an investment uh, in your people, I think is a, you know, is a really strong thing you can do. Um, I think also going through the well uh, kind of process, not just we're not just trying to get the, the, the badge at the end, but actually the framework pushes you to think more holistically about the opportunities you might have in your space. And I think it can help organize your team uh, to think about, hey, you know, um, what are the acoustic needs of kind of like more Zoom calls in our day? You know, like what are the barriers that like it is still, you know, maybe there was a, a rough transition state where there actually were some realities of new types of work that were a little bit easier to get done in your quiet, you know, home studio office. So what could we do in our new space in the office? And are there, we have lots of expertise and features that help you think through just that as just one example. But then also things like how do you make um, inclusive kind of uh, welcoming kind of communal spaces for everyone um, and not just like some of your more, you know, kind of you know, run-of-the-mill, you know, standard uh, employees, but like every, all the young, diverse, talented folks that you're trying to bring into your into your um, in space, or that your tenants also, um, you know, obviously are, are are looking to send a clear message uh, with in terms of their corporate values. Yeah, yeah, and I I lead a team that sells uh, large office buildings, and and we're mm -hmm. selling a lot of them, and as we go through them. Sometimes I, I, you know, shake my head. Of, you know, there seems like there's some things as building owners and operators that we could do, like touchless technology, right? Right. Why, why are we all touching these doors and these hot, absolutely you know, the, everything? Um, what are some other ideas for for owners of properties uh, that could help? No, absolutely. I mean, as I, I already mentioned, um, just from my own, ex, you know, personal experience, I, I like you, like the things we all notice are going to be different. Um, you know, sound, as I already mentioned. Um, but I also do think um, there's been such huge strides in terms of like thermal comfort, um, HVAC systems, um, you know, well works real, the well process works really well with a lot of these like movements towards things like digital twins and stuff where, you know, understanding your space in a new way. Um, but maybe, you know, thinking a lot about like, how can you not just, um, provide great smart systems, but make the, the controls for those systems more overt, um, and, and accessible for people to be able to kind of, uh, have a chance to modify their environments a little bit. Um, and then again, as I said, I, I, I just love these this new movement to really think about um, what are the f like even choices like aesthetics, um, you know, making including an intentional moment in a process where you ask, hey, I respond to this color or this palette or this kind of aesthetic positively. But does everyone else like does it accidentally send a different signal? It doesn't take a ton of time or expense, but it's just that extra intentionality and a little bit of thought that we think the well process helps. 
you know, I, we believe it can increase the probability that you end up with a, an asset that is, uh, you know, nicely fit to your, your population and serves you as long as possible. Yeah, good point. I was in a lobby of um, a building two days ago that uh, going up to the elevators and there, the wall behind it was was waterfalls and then just plants that were, you know, on the wall. And I, when I went in the, that space, I just, I just felt better. Well, that's called biophilia. Um, it's, I should have, thank you for reminding me. That's actually one of my favorite concepts, you know, this idea of, of how there's a lot of research showing that exposure to nature really makes a difference. The interesting part uh, is it actually doesn't necessarily need to be literal nature. Uh, as you said, it can be things like water features, plants, uh, seeing views outside can actually, to be honest, we're finding that um, we get a lot of the benefit even sometimes from like artistic depictions of natural elements and things like that, colors and so forth. So yeah, to your point, um, the, the fun part about our job is that pe there's so much research and innovation going on across the board. Uh, it's our job as a standard setter to, to uh, when we have a robust you know ex set of experts on our standard development team, we just take in as much research as we possibly can. And we're always thinking about ways to bring it out to the market and kind of like clean, easy to, you know, easy to implement and um, easy to certify uh, features. Dr. Trowbridge, do you think the business leaders and, and property owners um, get a feel for the cost on, on their people's mental health, physical health, the cost on, on productivity? Of, of the employees not having a sense of belonging and 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 is there an increase in uh, turnover and is is there a retention more of an issue do they what do people think about it um yeah so i just cut to chase i am a scientist so i always been careful to point out that you know it's early days for this new trend you know of thinking so we're it's not we're not at the stage yet like we are for environmental uh performance of buildings where we can point to 20 years of uh of data and, and experience and make super conclusive things but we can say um is some early uh, we do have anecdotal evidence and emerging evidence that those things really do matter and certainly at a at a at a large scale to your point it's, it doesn't take a study to know that if, you're, if your employee base is suffering from mental health, uh, sources of isolation, burnout, um, that their productivity um, you know, goes down. So that evidence is super strong. And then we do believe that you know, it's clear that you can make uh, interventions in the built environment, even just indoors, that drives that kind of the, the kind of predecessors to those burnout uh, type of things. So um, we're uh, the answer is like there's we're, we know we're going in the right direction. We know these things are, are, are have an impact. Um, and I, I really encourage everyone to uh, jump on this trend uh, because I do think, uh, you know, one thing I've learned from being a student of the green building movement is that I had it said to me one time by an owner, I was asking kind of like, as I was early in understanding, like, what's the motivation of doing lead and things like that? And I was told, you know, man, uh, the worst thing that can happen to us is to build a building and then have it be, um, you know, kind of become obsolete because we missed some sort of trend at the wrong moment. Um, and that really stuck with me. And I, I do feel very confident 
telling your audience that in my estimation, um, just be because of things like the general awareness of how environments impact health and so forth with a, at the general audience level, general population level, I just, I know this is a trend that's going to keep accelerating in terms of, um, people asking, so what's, what's the health story of this asset? Like, um, show me the features, show me the intentionality of it. And I, I really encourage people to take it seriously and, 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 and not miss this trend. <laughs> You know, we keep hearing that the, the mental health issues of, of this work from home, um, but how big an issue really is it? Yeah, uh, I don't have the specific uh, statistics at my fingers here, um, but it's 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 I think it is as big as everyone <laughs> believes it is. You know, it's uh, I mean, and I don't necessarily think you have to wait for a, uh, a poll, although I have seen some great, you know, work, uh, some great work done by groups like Just Capital and so forth, uh, you know, talking about this kind of, uh, you know, that there's there's a tension on both sides, not just uh, not just the employer's side about people eager to, you know, to have that sense of community again uh, after COVID. And you can see it across the board. So I think I think that trend and that desire to to come back out of the pandemic, you know, as fast as we are allowed um, and, and start to see each other in at work outside of work is is very strong um and i think anything we can do in the real estate space to to help that is going to be really important yeah we, we were talking before the show and I, I mentioned to you that i've been telling folks for years that i think the the well building standards and the the well building institute's uh, certification is going to be really really big in in the future and then you know, here comes here comes uh COVID and now we're we're kind of really kind of in the midst of it right Yes. I mean, honestly, um, you know, our IWI and the International Well-Building Institute, we really are experiencing that kind of hockey stick moment um, that you always hear about. Um, I mean, the statistics are, are exciting. <laughs> um, we also take the, we also see them as a as a as a responsibility. Let me what do I mean by that? I mean, we, the well standard is now utilized in over 100 countries. Um, we are, we have, you know, well over 20,000 projects worldwide. Um, but more, we actually, as you said, that's actually not the, even the right way to think about it. We're into the multiple billions of uh, square feet now. And a lot of that did occur during COVID, um, because, you know, the big thing that happened for us, and, and again, this is why I, I think it's it's exciting to be able to offer something more than just single asset uh, certification. Uh, you know, during COVID, uh, there was such a, a an immediate uh, pain point, need, urgent need among large corporations to uh, to send a clear message, a clear signal out to their employees that they were doing everything they could, uh, evidence based to make their places and spaces as safe as possible. And um, the big move that IWI made, I was not part of this effort, but I certainly, I'm still uh, you know, benefiting from it, was the just remarkable uh, pivot to uh, take the overriding well standard and uh, innovate to create what they call the health safety rating, which essentially used, we had these evidence-based hundreds of evidence-based features and we convened about a 200 person global uh, expert committee and we chose the the features within the well standard that were specific to covid 
and uh, launched those as a specific product that was designed from the start to be implemented at scale across many assets all at once. And there's been um, a, a huge uptake of that. And that's really catapulted um, our opportunity. Um, and so now we are actually kind of in this in the process of releasing um, a series of ratings, um, one that will be coming out later this year uh, that we're taking extra care with uh, is actually going to be an equity rating for kind of uh, driving kind of like, you know, the features within well that um, help, again, send that clear signal and message um, that the employer through their space is doing everything they can to make it as uh, welcoming, inclusive as possible to a wide range of people. And one of those, was the first ones, the health rating standard, health safety rating, safety is, rating. was uh, was launched with a with a particular focus. Uh, it's not only relevant in an era of COVID, but it, it its impetus was the need of, of large organizations to um, launch something fast across a lot of assets um, that just said this: we've done everything we can to make this as safe a space as possible uh, during yeah. COVID. Yeah, and and look, if uh, if you look at all these uh, ratings and building standards, well building standards, and you look at it and go, wow, that's overwhelming or it's expensive. Hey, go go read about them. You don't have to implement everything and get the certification right to get some of the benefits. No, that's right. We are we are a global standard. Um, we are truly a mission driven organization. Um, and uh, I, I really meant it at the top of the show. I am a physician uh, who is trying through the built environment. You know, it's not the only thing we need to do for health, but it's a, it has a big, oppor- you know, big opportunity for impact. Um, yeah, I, I cannot, I literally cannot do what I am asking, you know, want to do, i.e. change the way we build places without the help of your audience. Um, but I also know that it's a two-way street. Um, and I, I happily feel very comfortable and confident recommending a focus on people, an overt focus on things like health, well-being, equity, as just good business uh, for the real estate sector. Yeah. And there's some great things that, that are small that folks can do, right? Like, like plants that provide more oxygen, uh, looking at the lighting and seeing, mm-hmm. hey, is, is this lighting harsh and impacting my, my Absolutely. space? Absolutely. No, absolutely. You're absolutely right. There's 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 ways to take on be part of this movement uh, that you could just start tomorrow um, all the way up to, uh, you know, not just doing a single asset for well, but we are also, you know, one of the things we're really excited about is we've actually um, launched um, a, a kind of a platform, really. It's not really a product. Uh, yeah, it, the well at scale uh, framework, which allows um, organizations that, you know, are really ready to make a commitment at their kind of full organizational scale to kind of to, to implement well as a, as the standard uh, to kind of guide the way they just manage assets and, um, and, and writ large. And to make, again, this also helps for things like um, telling a clear, uh, coherent story about uh, a focus on people to investors. Uh, we also um, have uh, are working on a series of tools, but we um, that do things like um, help you think about your investment in well, and particularly for clients that um, target things like the Gresb uh, ESG uh, benchmark. 
Um, you know, sometimes the difference between, you know, going up in a star rating on Grez could just be four or five points. And we're finding that a careful review with clients of their of what they're already doing for Grez, they sometimes don't know how to organize themselves on things like the S in ESG or also, to be honest, the G in, uh, as well. Well has a lot to say about all three of the uh, letters. <laughs> um, but if you can find some features in Well that are uh, really that extra level of leadership, um, it can be enough to not only create a great asset, uh, but it can also increase things like your growth score. Yeah, and, and certainly make your your asset more attractive to tenants and, and, and tenant Correct. reps, right? And for your employees to be in there, or the employees of your tenants to be in there, right? What is the best uh, website uh, for folks to get more information on uh, the well standard? Sure. Uh, well, if you just go right to the you know the IWI uh, main website for the Well Standard, um, uh, that's that'll just get you jumped right in. So uh, no no problem there. <laughs> good good. Well, we'll, we'll put a link uh, to the website in our show notes at CREShow.com. And Dr. Trowbridge, what would you leave our audience with to think about about physical and mental health in our spaces? And are, are we really are we really paying attention? And what should we do? Well, I, trust your gut. Uh, as human beings, I think we all know how important the spaces in which we live our lives uh, are in terms of um, the way they make us feel, the way they help us to uh, be our best selves in every sense of the word. Um, and then think about, uh, I hope that you not only see it as purely, I think the business opportunity it is, but also like know that you're part of something big. Uh, you are helping uh a physician like myself, but a, a larger public health community to just think a little more intentionally about how we make the places uh, that, that we experience. Um, and I promise you that you're not just making a good business decision, but you really are actually helping um, to make lives better in every sense of the word. And thank you for all that work we're going to do together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. I, I'll tell you, I, I was in my office on a Monday morning and I it didn't feel as comfortable. It didn't feel as good to me. And I, I didn't really know why. And then later in the afternoon, I came back from lunch and I found out why. We put out fresh cut flowers uh, every week and uh, the flowers weren't out. And, and I didn't know why I didn't feel as good. <laughs> but when the flowers there, I just felt better. I'm like, wait, I didn't know I liked fresh cut flowers. But boy, you just feel better, right? Absolutely. And, um, and that's actually... Uh, probably should we should have led with this but like you know one of the things we're really proud of is that the the well standard is a performance-based certification and um we actually another one of the ratings that i think is super cool as a scientist myself is the performance rating which to your point um is really trying to uh, reward uh asset owners and and organizations that that really maintain that performance level not just like one and done but like show that they maintain that kind of level of, of vigilance around things like, as you said, air quality and so forth from a literal perspective of things like, you know, CO2 and stuff like that. But yeah, then there's like those, uh, those other factors that actually end up being important. Like you said, turns out, uh, you know, experiencing nature, what we smell, uh, all these things that maybe we dismiss a little bit too fast. Uh, if you think about them intentionally, holistically, carefully, and specific, not just to your what you like, but to the population you're trying to serve with that asset, everybody's going to win. That's right. 
Right. Take care of the people around us that will add value to your life. Dr. Trowbridge, thank you for joining us, sir. Appreciate it. It really was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Great. Thank you. And let us know what you think. Uh, do check out uh, the uh, website for the Well Building Standard and uh, uh, International Well Building Institute. It's really great stuff. And if you want to make your uh, office more inviting, uh, your business location or, or, your, your, or your assets, check it out. It is the future or it is now, right? I was saying it was going to be big in the future. It, it's huge right now, uh, important for all of us. And I, I'll leave with this. I think if anything good comes out of COVID, it's that we will have a healthier environment to work and live in. Thank you for joining us around the country. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Buxton. Take leasing, site selection, and due diligence to the next level. Make the right decisions with on-demand mobile data. Visit buxtonco.com. By Bull Realty. For proven commercial real estate asset and occupancy solutions, contact me. My email is michael at bullrealty.com. By Commercial Agent Success. Expert-level commercial real estate broker training. Cloud Access 1, up to 21 one-hour videos. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com. Thank you for reviewing, subscribing, and sharing America's commercial real estate show.